Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz. Welcome to episode 17. My name is Scott Wyden-Kivowitz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel, from Photoscribe. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Very good. Great. So last episode, we talked with uh, Mark from Flow Themes. That was a really good conversation. Um, if you missed last at the last episode, we talked a lot, a lot about image sizes and um, it, the, the, you know, the fact that uh, big images will actually slow down your website, and that's not good for anything, really. So um, it's a really good episode to listen to. Yes, and I'm really excited about this week's guest, but we're going to have some name confusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, I was actually thinking um, when we hand this off to Rev.com for the transcription, usually I just give them uh, first names, but I'm going to have to give them last names this time, or just last initial for simplicity. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is going to be fun. This, th- this episode... Um, we have Rachel Branke, who is an author, photographer, a lawyer, and a business consultant for photographers and bloggers, and also a mom of five. Five. <laughs> <laughs> um, she is currently helping the creative industry and blogging professionals all over the world initiate, strategize, and implement strategic business and marketing plans through various mediums of consulting and resources and legal direction. She is a lawyer but she is not your lawyer, okay? Keep that in mind. So everything she says, while it may be legit, because she is a a lawyer and she does know her stuff, um, be sure that any legal tips she gives, you also talk to your own lawyer uh, to make sure it's valid in your state, in your country, and so on. How how was that, Rachel? (laughs) That sounded pretty good. All right, cool. I'm giving you a C. You were a mom before you were a lawyer, right? Yes. That is amazing. So you went back to law school after having two of your kids, or just I had one? one before law school, two during law school, and then the remainder after. Wow. Well, will you make it look easy. That's all I have to say. Not <laughs> sure. recommended. Thank you. Um, so you might have recognized Rachel from various um, places, like her website, The Law Tog. You might recognize her from her education on Creative Live, which was really cool to see and um, various other places. And so we're really happy to have her on the show, um, especially because Rachel likes breaking WordPress sites. <laughs> it is on her resume, yeah. So um, before we dive into, you know, talk with Rachel about WordPress and, you know, her businesses, let's quickly jump into some WordPress photography-related news. We have four pieces of news, all of which are the same topic, plug-in updates. And yes. there's four of them that are all um, widely used by photographers and all very popular. Uh, actually, t- three, of, three out of the four are plugins. One is a theme. But um, So first one, Yoast SEO was updated to version 3.3. Uh, that, this is a big update. It includes a bunch of content analysis so that you can help your content read better by humans and, and be better optimized for search engines. So yes. um, 
you know, uh, check out, we'll, we'll have in the show notes, but check out the Yoast uh, website for all the different changes in that one. Yeah, it's a big one, and we talk about Yoast pretty much every episode <laughs> of this podcast. Yes, we do. So hopefully you have it installed, and, um, you know, you should upgrade it, but also check out the Yoast website and see exactly what has changed. I mean, this is a big overhaul for them in terms of content. Um, so it's a good one. It's just something that you may want to look a little bit more into when you update it. Yes. Um, the next being Gravity Forms. Now, this is a very popular um, f contact form yep. plugin for WordPress, and um, it does a lot more than just contact forms. But that's the core of the of the of the software is to create contact forms, and um, that's been updated to version 2.0. It's been in development for almost a year. It's been a quite a long time in the making. It has a bunch of uh, major feature changes. Uh, it's been tested like crazy because of how long it's been going through a development process. It's gone through intensive third-party security checks. They had it checked by multiple security um, so, um, businesses for any you know potential security leaks. And it is now fully responsive in the back end for managing your forms on a mobile device. That's awesome. And a lot of photographers use Gravity Forms not only for the contact form, which, again, it's used for, but yep. for client intake, um, you know, it's used a lot. So these feature changes are awesome. And the fact that yeah. you can get on your mobile phone and get the, you know, the responses, all good things. Yeah. Um, like two, two of the things that, uh, you know, in addition to what Rachel said is, um, uh, like, acquisition. Uh, not acquisition. What am I talking about? Uh, um, what do they call it? Uh, Oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? Questionnaires. Um, right, so, like, right. you know, customer. I don't know why I couldn't get that I in my head. I couldn't out of my help head. you there. Um, questionnaires, and then the other thing is uh, contracts. So you can actually have contracts yep. signed using Gravity Forms, which is a yep. cool thing. Um, which maybe we'll talk about with with uh, with Rachel about that because that's sort of in her ballpark. Um, so the third plugin is WooCommerce. So. Um, WooCommerce is widely used. It's the most popular e-commerce plugin, like a general e-commerce plugin. It's made by Automatic, who's the company behind WordPress in the first place. Um, WooCommerce 2.6 is out. It's a major overhaul. Um, there's uh, so much that's changed in the plugin. It's supposed to be even faster now. It, WooCommerce has been known for being a little slow. Um, now it's supposed to be faster. Um, I uh, I was originally recommending to hold off until 2.6.1 until I fix any bugs that had come out for, came out from 2.6. That's already out. So um, you know if you're looking to uh, you know upgrade WooCommerce, you know that's a, a good one to do. Yep. Um, and last but not least is the theme. Um, now Imagely themes are all based on this. Genesis uh, 2.3 is now available. It's not a major update, but it does have a bunch of new improvements and some bug fixes. Um, should be a safe one to update for if you're running any, you know, newer child theme. Um, 2.4 is around the corner, and apparently that one's a major update. So uh, we'll 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 be sharing that once that's out too. But um, so we'll share all these in the show notes. Like always, whenever there's an update for you to do, be sure to run your backups first and then update your site so that you can revert anytime if needed. And really, this is a a lesson in always update your plugins and themes anyway, you know, um, these are just some notable things to talk about, like notable plugins that we know a lot of photographers use, but when in doubt, back up and update because, you know, they're really constantly always fixing things yep. um, with WordPress and, and making things better. And occasionally it breaks, but if you have a backup, you know, you call your hosting plan or you, you just re restore it, so. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right, so Rachel Branke, what's going on in your world? 
Everything. It's summertime here, first day of summer today. Um, it's just been busy with kids getting out of school, adjusting to summer schedule, but while still keeping everything busy um, and on track, and it's great. It's good. Life is good. good. Yeah. So, so you're you're training for uh, some 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 physical uh, <laughs> endeavors, um, yeah. uh, as well as running multiple businesses, including photography and consulting, and um, you know the the legal products you create and the courses you create and manage and you have to interact with it. So you're a pretty busy woman. Mm -hmm. Pretty busy. Pretty organized. Thank yeah. you. My parents taught me well with that. I think that that with multitasking is the only way that I can make it happen. Yeah. And so what was your first business? Like were you a photographer first? Were you a lawyer first? Were you a consultant? Like how did you get to where you are? I started, this is embarrassing, I started as a business consultant back when we only had MySpace. <laughs> nice. and, and I think Scott will get a kick out of this. I actually learned to custom make MySpace profile designs and that's how I started learning code-ish, very limited knowledge. <laughs> Um, but that was one of the services that I wanted to offer to my clients at the time. Um, anyway, so I was doing business consulting uh, because I found that there was not a lot. This was before we had this whole education online that it was such a big thing. Back then, if you really needed to go to business school, and it's not that long ago. I make it sound like it was stony. Okay. Um, but it, there, all the education that we have now wasn't as readily available, and so I was struggling to find how, because I was running an apparel business of my own at the time, and um, yeah, so I just started consulting that way. I started to teach people, since I had one kid at the time, I started teaching people how to manage uh, at home, how to find the legal information they needed to know, and those hideous MySpace profiles. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> And then when did you get into photography yourself? Because you actually take a camera out and do photography sometimes, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I, um, so I continued the business consulting. I went to um, grad school for my MBA, and that's about when I started doing photography. It was more of a personal thing. Um, you know, the, the age-old story, you want to take better pictures of your kids. You come to find out you really enjoy it. Uh, but when I went to law school, uh, we had gone, my husband was active duty army, and we had gone from two incomes down to uh, in one household to now paying for two houses on one income because technically you're not supposed to work full-time during law school so I was kind of forced into like this part-time photography business gig but I wish I embraced fully um, I truly attribute a lot of what I teach now to the first few years when I was in law school having to manage everything he was deployed to Iraq for I don't know what number of times and I didn't have a lot of help. I wasn't near family, and I needed to make the money. So I wanted needed a price appropriately. You know that whole story. Right. Yeah. Has, but also market effectively on a bootstrap budget. So I share all of that because, and you'll see this when we talk a little bit about the WordPress stuff. Um, when you're starting out, I can totally, um, I totally sympathize and understand the struggles. And so I that's the core of my teaching with everything that I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the, awesome. the work-life balance, um, and in your case, it was work-life balance on steroids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Not literally on steroids. Not but, literally but, on yeah, steroids. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah, it's you know, it, it's hard, it's hard to manage things 
mm-hmm. even when you have it simpler. Um, so you know, it's it's great to see whenever you do your education, um, you know, all over the place that that you are always bringing that back to mm-hmm. you know, staying organized, doing what needs to be done in certain situations, like mm-hmm. um, you know, bootstrapping, which you can do on WordPress. Um, to um, you know, to outsourcing specific tasks as needed. Yeah. Um, having a, a virtual assistant, things like that. Um, it all comes in handy. And um, so let's let's dig into this a little bit. Um, so first of all, about how many sites are you running on WordPress, and 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 what are you what are you doing with most of them? You know, like you know, I, I was, we know that you have the law talk, right? So you're selling products, um, but you've got other sites. So tell us about pretty much your your overview of of what you have and what you're doing with WordPress. So I have eight, I can't believe that when I counted that up, I have eight <laughs> WordPress sites currently wow. running. Um, I am going to condense a couple of them, which I'll share, but basically I start with Rachel Branty. That's me, that's the hub. And from there you can break out to all my brands. They're all linked on there. Everything, the com- pretty much all of them, the common theme is this business consulting and legal direction. It just depends on the industry that you're in. So we have the Law Talk, we have Blog Legally, um, I have two education sites, um, which are just workshops that go to the Law Talk. Um, they were separated out. With th- that's one of the things that we're going to condense all of that together. And now that, and I'll share a little bit about that later, now that I have a team to help me understand how to do that, um, mm-hmm. when I was bootstrapping, it was just cleaner and easier for me to separate right. everything out. And that has its pluses and minuses. If one goes down, they all don't go down. But um, for management, like you're talking about updating a plugins, that becomes a bit cumbersome, making sure they're all updated, and they all have different themes, so they all may not update properly, and they may break something, which I'm known for, as you said in my introduction. <laughs> um, I think I have, um, then I also have Female Bloggers Association, that's a project that I've done with a couple other bloggers, that's more rested in the marketing and blogging niche, but it is great for photographers as well, because they can learn how to blog effectively. Um, and then I have one obscure one. I do triathlons. I compete in Ironmans, so that's kind of my little area where I can share about it so I don't inundate my friends and family, although I do anyways on my Facebook page. <laughs> but that's a nice little – that's just a fun site for me to have. Yeah. When you started, did you start with one site? Like, mm-hmm. where was the beginning of that for you? Because, again, we're seeing you at such a point in your career, and I think, like what you said, people the education that you provide to photographers and, and entrepreneurs, especially ones that are just starting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started with one site, because when I first started, I branded for me. I've been Rachel Branky brand since, oof, what, it's been almost over 10 years that I've been business consulting. So when I got a website, and I can't even remember the year that I finally got one, um, it was Rachel Branke. But once I started realizing that it was more effective for marketing for me to niche down is when I started doing these separate sites. There could be better ways to do it. It just, for me, it's also nice that it's separated out because my end game may be to sell off one of those sites eventually and I don't want all of that content intertwined. Right. And so why WordPress? Was it always WordPress for you? Did you have to get to an evolution of using different platforms before you got there? Um, I used uh, Weebly for a little bit for my photography business because I still, that's another site, so I have nine because I do actively shoot 
as well. Um, and so it, I started that for my photography business was with Weebly, and it just was really restrictive. And I actually think it was Scott that may have recommended WordPress. I don't remember along the path, <laughs> but somebody, I kept saying, I want to do this, this, and this, and they're like, well, you can't do that here. Right. And I was like, well, and I'm infamous for this. I'm like, make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. And so WordPress and when my eyes were open to theme options, I didn't have to worry about necessarily knowing how to code. Yep. Um, the themes that I could pre-purchase that are out there and just upload was eye-opening and great way to bootstrap because I didn't have the thousands of dollars to pay someone to design it for me. Yeah. No, you, you know, we joke about you break things all the time, but I do. <laughs> you're out there trying different things. Like yeah. you're not afraid. You have an idea of what you want and you understand WordPress can do it, so you try it. I mean, do you have any advice for photographers who are in the same, like that don't give up? Like how did you get to use WordPress to its full potential even, you know, with breaking it all the time. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's You guys were talking about with updating a plugin to so always do a backup. Um, so I routinely, I still do this. I will call the host or I have a guy that helps me on the web stuff, and I'll say, hey, run a backup on this because I'm about to start messing with it. And they get their butts in here because they know <laughs> I'm going to do something. But um, I do that, and then I just start playing with the settings, which may not be the best um way but I've learned now I know these plugins conflict or and I'll research this before I sit down to do it um, but I'll go what does this setting do and then I'll go to the outside of the site to see how that looks what would this code do and I that's how I've really just like with the MySpace stuff I've learned how the code interacts with each other so if I ever need to tweak now it's very limited but if I need to tweak I know enough to be dangerous yeah. Yeah. you know and I think it's worth saying that although we keep joking that that Rachel breaks WordPress all the time. Um, <laughs> you know, most of the time, I would say probably 95% of the time, um, she just does an update that, you know, hundreds and thousands of other people are doing, and she has bad luck. Um, yeah. yeah. It's not like she's actually yeah. doing something wrong. It's just she, she sometimes has bad luck. Um, so, well, and you know, when you have all these updates, you log in and you have it set, you got the little orange circle of death telling you that you got 10 plugins <laughs> to update, and you have a bunch of things to do that day. I don't have time to sit here and go one by one and wait right. sometimes. Yeah. And it just, it is what it is. And sometimes it's not me, it just is the plugin and it's the reality. And as long as you have your supports in place of, you know, backups. Well, let's talk about your supports a little bit, because, I mean, we've talked about hosting, we've talked about the technical, but you have a really strong belief in outsourcing, and, and that's how you've grown not only your web team, WordPress, but also your business. So right. how does that relate to you for the things that you do? Well, my husband is, um, I don't know what the correct term is, but he does web, IT, cybersecurity, and all that sort of stuff. And so for a while, I was doing this. I mean, how many years that I've had, let's say eight years I've had a WordPress, seven years, I guess. And I was doing it all on my own up until this last year. The problem with that was, and this happened as recently as last Black Friday when my site died, my husband and I, instead of in the kitchen fixing the turkey and the sweet potatoes. We're in our office crying and screaming at each other trying to get the site up because it's one of our biggest days of the year. So I don't recommend your spouse do that. So I went from <laughs> keeping it in home to, and he's knowledgeable enough. It's just, I'm like, make it happen. And he's like, I'm trying, you know. Um, so I just had to trial and error find people. I had one web person. He wasn't as responsive as I needed. Um, 
just couldn't with client load. And so I just moved on from him to someone else that is relatively responsive and will ask me, um, what exactly is your end game with this? Because I think a lot of times I have seen web people who will be like, just tell me what to do. Well, for me, if I'm going to tell you what to do, A, I could do it myself since right. I have enough knowledge, and B, I don't know enough knowledge if it's going to break it or if there's a better version. So he is able to come back and go, why don't we do this? Right. So for me, it's not just outsourcing. It's not just getting on Upwork or Elance, whatever it's called now, mm -hmm. and finding someone. It's someone who's willing to look and see what is your long-term vision. Right. Yeah. And and there's um there's a bunch of companies um out there. Mm -hmm. There's individuals who do it, but then there's a bunch of companies who also do these maintenance um, services mm -hmm. for 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 really anybody. And some of them some of the plans are affordable for individuals. Some of them are not. Um, it really comes down to: Do you want one person that you go that's your go-to all the time, or do you want a company that has a team of people who can mm -hmm. do it for you? And if that per if the person you normally deal with is out sick that day, you know they'll give you to the next person who's available. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so there's an intimacy there of of um, you, this the relationship you build with with your with your support or maintenance person, whoever. Um, so. Um, you know, obviously you're going with an individual, and I think the person you went with, um, and we're gonna um, get see if if the person that Rachel uses <laughs> wants us to share his information. I'm not giving him up, or, <laughs> or not. Um, He's but, my go-to um, recommendation too, yeah. so we're gonna let him choose if he wants to share. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, otherwise, we'll we'll share a, a bunch of links to the yeah. maintenance companies that are out there um, that offer you know multiple people for first. And I recommend those as well because it could be something as simple as I need someone to routinely update plugins or fix this, and it's a one-off. Whereas I have him for long term because we're making the changes to go away from nine WordPress sites down right. to like five or four. Right. So it's you know you I think by having um, a team like that is very is beneficial just for me. Um, I like a little bit more control and strategy. That's the name of the right. game for everything right. that I do. Um, I, I think uh, on the topic of outsourcing in, on the WordPress side, you know, I think another thing to bring up is um, a VA or a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. And this is less on the you know WordPress um, support side and more on the content creation or social strategy or any tasks that you need done otherwise, mm -hmm. right? So... Um, you know what? What are your feelings on on VA? Do do you use one, and like, what sort of tasks do you use a VA for in your businesses? Well, we keep using this word team, so it makes it sound like I've got this whole like building of people, and there's really only three core people, and that one includes the web person we just mentioned. Um, <laughs> because I'm learning to slowly let go of control, so it may grow. Uh, <laughs> but I do have a virtual assistant. She does not sit here with me. She is my right hand, and she helps to manage um, the... She does a lot more of the hands-on stuff, so while I'm doing things like this, she's working on a couple of fires that we had this morning, so I don't have to be doing it. She also manages a lot of our independent contractors. Uh, we have ghost writers, guest content creators that help out as well to help carry the load. Um, outreach to different podcasts and places for me to appear so that is really pivotal to grow as well photographers if you're looking to branch out and make say business networking that's really huge because um, so I'm getting ready to leave here after this to go to a networking event and that is that's something that I feel like 
you could do the face-to-face -face and then easily hand off the follow-up and, yeah. you know, the grunt work to somebody else. And there's lots of people who need the work, want the work, can work virtually. They can do it at the night. They can do it during the day. Um, and for me, it's really nice because my time in working, it took me a while to learn this lesson. I did as, I did more do as I say, not as I do. I always told people to outsource and cut their hours. It's not till the last year that I still really started reducing that unless I am meeting clients face to face um, or if I have a session, I'm only at about 10 hours per week of work. And so that's really nice. And it's because I have a team and we have these workflows <clears throat> in, in um, instituted. One thing I was going to share, I meant to say at the very beginning, is this is applicable when it comes to the WordPress themes or choosing a plugin as well, is I have what I call a three to one principle. So I'm not going to take an action in my business unless I'm going to get three benefits to everyone negative or detriment to me. And, and again, that's not hard set because I could have one really bad negative and only three small positives, but for the most part I'll look at it and I'll say, okay, this plugin that we're going to get, and I just think back to the story that when this web guy came on with me, one of the first texts I got, he goes, how many flipping plugins do you have? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know. How many do I have? <laughs> and, and that was one of those actions that I will, I try to relate that three to one principle. If I see a plugin that's great, well, let me see if there's another one that's just as great, but that can provide a couple more functions that I need, so I don't have to have ten plugins to get right. those. Right. Here's, that here's translates a, into anything, scheduling, yeah. or um, who I'm going to be a business network with for my photography business. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's really good advice. Um, actually, uh, so I think that's something that a lot of people should take away from this is is uh, make sure that the benefits are there. Whether you do three to one, two to one, one to one, <laughs> yeah. um, whatever it is, make sure there's benefits to everything you're doing. Every insanity is a benefit. So yeah, the yeah. <laughs> <Benity laughs> biggest. <laughs> Um, so let's move into um, some top a topic that I think a lot of photographers worry about and 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 try to come up with uh, solutions for legal components that every photography website should have. Now I'm talking about photographers who sell services to clients, right? Mm -hmm. um, that specifically, what kind of um, components do you think that every photography website should have? that sells services to, to, to customers? Well, a lot of the photographers, you know what, I'm so proud of the photography industry because when I first came in, I feel like photographers have grown in their technical expertise thanks to companies like Imagely and all of that. Um, and so because of that, they're starting to put contracts on their site, such as through Gravity Forms. They're starting to take payments, um, and they're getting all streamlined, which is absolutely fantastic. They're also taking emails from potential clients and clients for newsletters for marketing, which is a big thing. Um, and But with all of that comes a host of legal responsibility. Um, and a lot of these third-party systems have you know security for us, but the information that that you're taking and that you're receiving, it's really important for you to safeguard that, protect that. But the flip side of it is, is telling your um, clients or potential clients, if they submit to that contact form, give you that email address, submit that contract, what's going on with that information? Where is that right. private information going? What are you doing? The recommend policy. My privacy policy is standard that I'm not going to share the um, private information that comes through my site. Now, on the flip side of that, I might run a special promotion with a, like a local business owner and we might have a uh, special terms to like a giveaway or a promotion we do together and we might put in the terms there that we'll share 
the information, but for the most part, on my general site, I don't share. And that goes in my privacy policy. Um, it's not necessarily legally required. It depends on what state you guys are in, the privacy laws that are there, and there's other technical things um, that you have to be, that's totally beyond what we can talk about here. But on the flip side, and more of a business side, having the terms of use and the privacy policy, and even just the little simple disclaimer on your newsletter sign up that says, we will not spam you, builds this confidence yeah. um, in the people that are visiting your site, and it builds their confidence to see you as a professional. And, and no, clients aren't going to your site going, let me check and see if they have a privacy policy. That's <laughs> going to make a difference. Yeah. But it gives more of this subconscious um, confidence building, this whole buyer confidence that makes them feel comfortable, more comfortable with you and I feel the same way with contracts and so I just feel like it's part of the professional package. So on the legal side and the business side, those are the two main things that I really recommend. Nice. Um, Can we talk a little bit about affiliate links because I know that's an area that photographers are moving into especially with, I mean it's kind of, if a photographer is selling to their clients you know, they don't may not have affiliate links from other photography businesses, but they may have some affiliate links from like Amazon or. Mm -hmm. And I I get a lot of questions about that. Should we include that in the content? Do we have to when we're blogging? And and I think the answer is yes, right? Yeah, you have to. This is a big gray area. Um, it's actually the blogging industry always brings me in to talk about it, and I feel so bad if <laughs> I get up there and go, well, it depends right. because <laughs> it is such a gray area. Um, the um, the whole idea with having to disclose affiliate links is consumer protection. It's not to mislead, it's to completely disclose and let these people know what's going to happen. It's for fair trade practices, really. Right. And but the but there's not really a set law about it. I mean, there's some guidelines. This is the thing the FTC puts out this guideline book, and you guys can check it out at FTC.gov. Um, they may have updated. I know they did last year. Who knows? This government could take another 10 years. <laughs> but um, their general thing is that you have to disclose it. You have to let people know um, what's going to happen with it. And I guess I can just boil it down really quickly. If you are going to do an image that's like a banner that's going to link to Amazon, then your disclaimer also pretty much is supposed to be an image. If it's a if it's a text, it's supposed to be a text. So it's oh, that's interesting. Together, not completely separated. Like you can't bury it in the footer of your site and say this site may have affiliate links. Now my terms do include that, just as another um, supplement. But all my affiliate links, I try to put them together, or it's the header at the top of. Like say, this is perfect for many photographers that you may have um, business networking more like you with Amazon and they need you like a recommended list for their clients to look at. You could put a disclaimer at the top and say that this this um, list includes affiliate links. The, the goal is it needs to be a disclaimer and not be hidden. Um, now, if you did like the parentheses and put AFF or AF or affiliate link, some people aren't going to know what that is. If my mom saw it, she'd be like, I have no idea what that means but you've fulfilled the guidelines, you've done what you need to do. So you don't have to do this whole big long, look yeah. at this. Yeah, you know what, I, I would recommend um, if you're going to do a resources page for a bride, for example, right, mm -hmm. and you're doing Amazon links, if you include the fact that they're Amazon um, links, you know, affiliate links in the description above these resources, yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. make it so natural in your writing that it it's hidden because it, it flows, but it's not really hidden because you're saying it right there. The first thing right. I see is that. So um, that's what I would recommend if you're going with a resources type approach. Um, but well, it made me think of it. I mean, if you're just blogging about it and you do a styled shoot and you want to link to a right. certain item, I still feel like you know at least need to put it near it 
or above it, not hide it in the footer. There is a WordPress plugin. Don't know if it's approved by you guys. What's it called? Um, bottom of the page. I'll have to get it for you. But you can. It will do text to every post, and you can also disable it on certain ones, so it'll automatically populate it, so you don't have to copy and paste it each time. You can put That's your good. disclaimer there. Yeah. And maybe we should, so what made me think of it was when you were talking about trust and the verbiage in your, you know, terms of service and, and making sure that the consumer really is understanding, the consumer being the, the client who wants your photography services, understands that this is a relationship and there's a trust built. And the, the affiliates, I feel like, have to do the same thing. But you also mentioned that your mom wouldn't know. Well, there may be some listeners who are saying, what is an affiliate link? Oh, and yeah. and yeah. I wonder, do you have a definition, Scott, for, like, you know, if you go on Amazon and they pay you back, I mean, what is an affiliate link in the yeah, I mean, definition? Yeah, I mean, the simplest way to break it down is it's a link that is custom to you, and when you promote it, if somebody clicks it and within X number of days, um, I think Amazon used to be 90, now I think they're like 15 days or something. Super what? Hard. Yeah, um, that uh, if they click that link and buy a product, any product from the website, you make a commission. You make money off of that sale. It's not like huge payday. It's like a sliding scale yeah. percentage. It, like yeah, that. it is a sliding yeah. scale, and I think it only goes up to 6%, and that's for like the high-end electronics. Um, mm -hmm. So it's tiny. Uh, you'd have to sell a lot of stuff to make uh, money through through Amazon. Well, um, we keep referencing Amazon. to pay your hosting. Right. And we keep referencing Amazon because that's the most well-known, I think, affiliate plans. But right. the reason there needs to be this disclaimer is because if you go to a photography education site and they are have affiliate links with other education sites, right. that's where things can get confusing into are you actually endorsing this product or are you endorsing it because you're getting paid. And, right. and again, that's where that gray area is. So as photographers, if there are products that you do recommend over and over from small companies, you know, it could behoove you to reach out and say, do you have an affiliate program? Mm -hmm. And then that's where this conversation is really applicable because that's when, if you do recommend something that you have an affiliate program with, um, you want to disclose it to your clients. So uh, it is. There's so many yeah. gray, you know. So, so here's a really good example. Uh, and here's a, this is going to be the king of all uh, disclosures. The LawTog link that will be in the show notes will be an affiliate <laughs> this link. This is buried. That's a text link. This is not a text disclaimer. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, it will be in text as well because it will be in the show notes. Yes. Um, but anyway. Well, so, actually, to parallel that, if you're thinking, oh, I don't do affiliate links as well, it could be something as simple as say you've partnered with the cupcake company down the street and right. they send you a bride or vice versa, they're going to get paid $20. That has to be disclosed. If you're doing that with wedding planners, event coordinators, that has to be disclosed. If you're paying, giving your clients $25, 25 credit, whatever, to give you a testimonial, that has to be disclosed. Um, the way that I tell people is always think, would someone potentially feel like what you just said? Oh, are they just getting paid? Or do they really mean this right. by hearing it? It probably needs to be disclosed. I say all that, though, is I have a recommended list. I recommend things all the time. But even if I'm going to make a million dollars off of something, if I don't believe in the right. product, I'm not doing it because I can't redo my name. I cannot right. build back my brand and the trust that I've built with my clients. Yeah. yeah, I often say links are currency in the in the web. So whether you're using WordPress or Squarespace or, you know, it's almost platform not specific. But if you have a brand and you have a website and you're creating content for your clients, 
then they need to trust you. And again, you know, building back into what you recommend and how, you know, just being honest with them in all these aspects. But I like the fact that WordPress has a plugin for some of it. I mean, I, I figured, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then also there's other plugins that are available that you can find a keyword and it'll automatically take that keyword and link them all for you, which I use a lot of times with local, with a cupcake company. Um, I didn't want to go back through and relink cupcake in all like the 20 sessions that I had logged before. And so I was able to link cupcake to the bakery that had provided the cupcakes. That's great. Um, so let's. Uh, I, th- I feel like the answer to this next question is going to be a very short, uh, short one, and I think. Oh, you met me. <laughs> was, oh no, no, no! I think because of the question, the nature of the question, and yeah, I yeah. think I think the answer is just so obvious, but I think it's worth bringing up anyway. Um, model releases for portfolios. Now with people, I think I know the answer to this, but. So I'm going to ask two of them. One, for people in your portfolio that you use on your website, do you need a model release? People, this isn't a short answer. We just had this in my group this week. (laughs) There is basic, okay, so long story short, the common understanding is that if you have a portfolio, you don't need a model release because it's supposed to be just a display of your work. However, Going back to what I talked about, how we every photographer image has websites now. The websites end game is to not just display your work, it's partner with contact forms and pricing and policy information. I strongly argue that portfolio as we know it in 2016, that is commercial in nature, that is being used in advertising, um, even if it isn't on the picture on the ad. So me, very conservative in my legal recommendations, but I do believe model releases are needed for that. Um, Even just from a practical standpoint, say you're simply going to put in a portfolio, it's just easier to get a model release ahead of time and have it, so in case you ever want to use it in business cards, billboards, whatever it may be. Um, And let's say you're a real estate photographer or an architectural photographer. What about properties? Property release. Unless there's an individual in the image, you don't necessarily need. It gets a little funky because when it's the type of property that it is um, that you're photographing, um, it can get a little, it can a little, little trickier. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a whole other podcast. <laughs> I know, sure. right? It's, it just keeps yeah. bringing up stuff like, okay, oh, yeah. what about this? What about this? Yeah. But this is what keeps me in business, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, let's move into your recommended uh, WordPress plugin, plugins or themes. Whatever. Um, what uh, what is your go-to plugin that you will use on pretty much all of your sites? What's your favorite plugin? Whatever it is, what is it, and what does it do, and why do you love it? Can I change the answer from what I gave you before the show? Oh, I, I have no problem with that. <laughs> okay, I'm not a fan of the plugin that I recommended. So, the, what I had recommended was the. Can I say it? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, was the Visual Composer plugin. Um, you can get it at ThemeForest, um, and I really enjoy it. It's really drag and drop and easy to use on sites. That being said, um, my most favorite plugin, and you guys nailed it in the opening, is Gravity Forms. Um, going back to that three to one principle, that one plugin does almost everything that I need contact form, questionnaires, I can get testimonials, surveys, um, did I say contracts? It does, has an extension for PayPal for payment. Yeah. Um, it has a signature, so you can actually get a signature as opposed to a type signature. Um, I use it for my courses when people submit questions, um, and I can direct it to a certain email address. I specifically respond to them. That's how I keep on top of it. It doesn't get lost in the masses of everything else. Um, I've got a, <laughs> I use one for a request. Does a business want to partner with me? Well, that's another gravity form on another page. 
Um, I mean, that's what we're up to eight or nine things that I <laughs> utilize Gravity Forms for. Yeah. No, I you know I completely agree. I think uh, you know if I if I was the guest on on the show and somebody asked me that question, I think the two go to that I would say would be Gravity Forms and Yoast SEO. Me too. Um, I, I agree with that too. Yeah. And I feel like Yoast SEO has been brought up, like Rachel said uh, early on, almost every episode has been brought up, um, and uh, for good reason. And and I think uh, I'm surprised Gravity Forms isn't brought up more often, but um, I do believe I. I you know, there's so many form plugins out there. In fact, on Imagely, uh, for our hosting customers, we pre-install a free one that uh, actually mimics Gravity Forms. They don't have all the extensions that Gravity Forms does, but they mimic the the creation style, the, the layout and stuff like that, and um, they make it easy. And But there's so many other form plugins, but I keep coming back to Gravity Forms whenever mm -hmm. it's a uh, somebody who has the budget for a paid plugin. So, well, I feel like it's a no-brainer. Really, yeah. for photographers, because one of the extensions is also Mailchimp. So if you're getting it, your inquiries can automatically be put into your inquiry yeah. distribution email list that you right. should be emailing as a marketing free marketing yeah. basically. Yeah. And there's even a shoot queue extension for any photographers that use shoot queue. Mm -hmm. um, plus, there's you know there's tons of other free ones out there, uh, free extensions for Gravity Forms, and mm -hmm. there's a possibility that um, they're gonna there's gonna be add-ons for other other photography, CRM, and type systems um, that uh, I may or may not know are in the works, so we shall see if that actually happens. That would be awesome. <laughs> so that's where the, the yeah. issue is, is that if you're bootstrapping your WordPress site and you're thinking, you know, what there are plugins that are free that are contact forms, so Gravity Forms may feel, you know, like it's a big purchase, but it has so much functionality and, you know... And it's cheaper than having to acquire all these other programs. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Um, and not to mention the, the 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 owner of Gravity Forms, or actually Rocket Genius is the name of the company, is a hobbyist photographer. So that's also pretty cool. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I knew they they had roots in the Boston WordCamp. So I've met okay. them through the WordCamps here, um, and they're just good guys. They care yeah. about WordPress and they care yeah. about their plugin, and and I think that that's if you're going to use a plugin on WordPress and you're going to pay for it, it's their brand that you're paying for too in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. Uh, and you know, Gravity Forms is one of the largest WordPress companies. Yeah, that's not that's owned there. by Automatic. Right. Right. They, um, they're they're you know, into, I think um, Carl, the owner, I think he's got a co-owner, but um, they are, aside from from Automatic, they are one of the largest. They might, um, yeah, the, I, I might even just take a guess that they're the second largest WordPress company because there's so many different types of websites using them. There's major websites like. Like a lot, of some of the major newspapers are using them. Right. Um, so there's, it they're widely tested. Um, so, okay, um, Rachel Branke, Would there anything there is that you'd like to sh share? Otherwise, you know, that we can close up with um, that you want to give a tip to anything that comes to mind that you want to share with the listeners and watchers. I guess my biggest thing is the theme we've talked about is just make a plan. You talk about these paid plugins and themes and all this sort of stuff that would really help your business because your website is your virtual business card. I mean, that is yeah. the hub that I send everybody to. And so you really want it to look top notch, especially if you don't have a brick and mortar studio uh, for people to walk into. That's where they're going. And you need to run through it and make it look like it would be your normal studio. Test it every day. You turn the lights on and off. Check the cash register. Make sure all your plugins are updated. I mean, this is stuff you guys have heard from uh, Scott and Rachel over and over, but it is really important because 
it be, can be very embarrassing if something's broken, there's you know a broken link, or your contact form's not working right, and it's something that you may have simply just clicked. Not that I've ever done that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you don't want to tear down the confidence or um, have someone come to your site and leave. You want them grabbed um, because there are so many photographers now. That's one of the ways you can step it up. Right. WordPress definitely can help you do that. Or be taken out of the running before you're even in it is if they come right. to your site and don't. And make sure that you test your site from your mobile phone and from an iPhone and an Android. I have a lot of photographers that are like, oh, my site looks good. And I'm like, well, I'm looking at an iPhone and it doesn't. And have you done that? You know, So make sure that you've walked the customer experience from all angles. Yes. It's mobile is almost more important than regular because yeah. I check my Google Analytics and almost 75% of my people are mobile. Yeah. Yep, no. that, 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 that number is shifting so drastically. Yeah, I was going to say, has that been a change for you? Because I know for us, I mean, it's gone from, you know, 40 to 50 to 70 to 80. That's and that's exactly what mine has done in the last year. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Yep. So, Re responsive, um, responsive web design. Uh, if your WordPress theme is not responsive at this point, uh, my recommendation, my big takeaway right now is change themes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and don't rely on a plugin to turn your site into a mobile design because that you're stripping out the the consistency, the coherenceness of right. of the site. Right. Switch themes to a responsive theme immediately. And um, we we talked about outsourcing, but don't be afraid to call your hosting plan too. If there is something that is overwhelming to you, yes, there are people, there are maintenance people out there, there are maintenance companies out there. But if you're paying for a service from your hosting plan. They can always be the first call, and if they're like, "We can help you," first of all, get a new hosting plan. Mm -hmm. But second of all, <laughs> but second of all, like, who can help me? Like, there are you are paying for those resources already in some respects, so don't be afraid to start there at least. You know. Um, so Rachel Branke, where can uh, everybody find you on the interwebs? I am the only Rachel Branke in the world. <laughs> so one of my brothers is a girl named Rachel, but. <laughs> Um, uh, you can find me anywhere. RachelBranke.com again is the hub for all of my brands. For photographers specifically, is TheLogTog.com. We also have a Facebook group um, that we always try to send people back to the WordPress site as well. But if you guys, I'm WordPress group. But if you guys have any legal questions, WordPress or not, you're welcome to come and drop them in our group. And really good community. Um, and my team, <laughs> myself, and a couple of virtual assistants are always happy to help answer any questions. So you can commit through my Gravity Forms contact form, and I'm happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, awesome. Well, we'll, we'll be sure to include um, links to your sites in the show notes. Um, thank you, Rachel, for joining us today. Thank you, the other Rachel, for being an awesome co-host. <laughs> thank uh, you. <laughs> and you can find the show notes from today's episode at imagely.com/podcast/slash/17. 17. 17. Yes. So until next time. Thank you. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.